Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. For this week, Mira is busy. Uh, so I brought a guest for another new segment of this podcast. Hello. <laughs> yes. It's for it's with Nzinga Murray. Nzinga Murray, that's me. <laughs> Hi everyone. <laughs> well, Jeanette regains her composure. Hello, I'm Nzinga Murray. <laughs> You can't see me, but I'm doing the finger guns. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, you were saying? <laughs> no worries. Uh, for, for this new segment, we're doing strong female lead characters, right? That's what you said, like badass characters. Yes, and she invited me on because I'm a strong female lead character. <laughs> it's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so that's why I'm here. She was like, who's a strong female lead? <laughs> I'm actually kind of, oh my God, is that really why you, you invited me? That, oh my gosh, that's, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys can't see this, but I'm doing the guts. <laughs> uh, so today... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we are going to start off with this new segment with the 2017 superhero film Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You got it. <laughs> um, it was directed by Patty Jenkins, which was really cool. Written by Alan Heinberg and story by Zack Snyder, Alan Heinberg, and Jason Fuchs. So the thing about when I found out about the story by and it had Zack Snyder, I'm almost like, does Warner Brothers like have, like that's like their idol right now. Like they're trying so hard to keep him in the whole DC comics. Yeah, they seriously uh, can't hop off his dick. Oh, sorry, no. is that, am I allowed to say that? Oh yeah, you're allowed to say it. Oh sweet, cursing, <laughs> yay. So um, I would say, yes, they seem really pressed about Zack Snyder. And now like, cause I remember when, uh, Joss Whedon replaced him. Uh, that one movie. Yeah, it was Justice for the uh, written by, and I think he directed the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, and then they're like shitting on Josh Whedon now. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, because I'm sorry, I'm a big Josh Whedon fan from uh, old, old uh, other team. What's it called? We don't Avengers. Talk about it's whatever. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but now they're like Josh Whedon sucks. Jack Snyder, what's his name? Zack Snyder. <laughs> you're the best man please come back you're wonderful and it's like oh god geez it's all about about patty jenkins bro yeah well the thing is is that i didn't know that like joss whedon like jumped ship from marvel to dc comics for a bit um but yeah and then i was like another fun fact about patty jenkins is that she was originally going to direct the second Thor movie and I think it was something about like like difference in like creativity that she had to leave. And then Natalie Portman was pissed off at that and wanted to leave. And then so I think like they raised her wage or something in order for her to keep to stay there. Jeez. Creative yeah. differences. It's like that's the excuse all the time. But I mean, I guess we got a good movie out of it. So I'm not yeah. upset about it. <laughs> I mean, like she she directed like one of the first superhero females 
in like comic book world technically yeah and she killed it yeah i think she killed it i mean i yeah i really like oh, the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah we're on the same page she yeah we're on the- <laughs> <laughs> uh so i received info from wikipedia imdb quora uh and the movie professor martin and the wonder woman i don't know if you you saw that it's like a no. biopic I have not seen that. Okay. It's a, (laughs) it's like a biopic of like the professor, this like psychologist um, and how he created the Wonder Woman character. Um, It was more focused on his personal like life and like what happened after he got fired from the university that he worked at. Um, So I got some of the information from that. So yeah, um, for cast. Wait, are we, we gonna talk about it? Because I have questions. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you have questions, like go for it. Oh look, so he's like a so he's a psychologist, right? And they were like, "Kick rocks, we don't want you here anymore." And he was like, "You guys suck. I'm gonna write a really cool comic about a lady." <laughs> yeah. <That's it. laughs> no, there's like more to it. I have it in the backstory. Oh, sorry. There was something <laughs> about his like personal life that. Back in the 40s, they did not accept. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Jeanette's got it, y'all. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so for the cast, uh, we have Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman. Is it, slash, what, how do you say it? I think Gail Gadot. Okay, I've been saying it wrong. I thought it was Gal Gadot this whole time. <laughs> so, oops. <laughs> whoopsies sorry gail gadot <laughs> no i think it's gal gadot oh gal. okay yeah. Yeah. all right like cool. gal like gal i don't, I don't know like <laughs> I got it yeah uh she plays wonder woman and slash diana prince that's the alter ego of wonder woman yeah. um she uh is known for the fast and furious franchise but like from when they did the reboot when they did the fast and furious or was it the fast and furious it was uh, the fourth one i don't know i don't watch muscle head movies but uh so you tell me <laughs> yeah um she she was she started in a um in the fourth installment of the series and then kind of lasted i think until that one movie that had the plane like scene <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, was she like a hood girl? She sat on the hood and looked cute. She no, she was. She, I think she was. Um, I think like they're like tech person that kind of helped. Really? Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was dating the Japanese uh, guy that is from the Tokyo Drift, uh, which was the third installment. <laughs> uh, this is hilarious. I need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just processing this. Yeah. She's doing a great job, guys. <laughs> and then with um, the other movies that she's also known for being in are more of like, she's in it for like maybe one scene or two. So some of them include Date Night, Night and Day. And she's also in the Justice League because she plays Wonder Woman, of course. Uh, then you have Chris Pine as Captain Steve Trevor, 
Uh, he is known for being in the Star Trek franchise from the reboot. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like 2008 up until now. Um, he's also known for being in the Prince of Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Love that movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. I honestly did not know that he was in it until like I compared the eyebrows with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have some distinctive eyebrows. I just remember he had the worst hair in that movie. But he was oh, like, yeah. 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 Wasn't yeah. it like high, like weird 2000 highlights? <laughs> Yeah, it was like a weird royal mullet. And yeah. I hated it. I was like, oh, don't go with him. He's got a party in the back. <laughs> don't, don't go with Never him. Never trust a man with a party in the back. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Jeez. And then uh, another well-known film he's been in um, was Hell or High Water. And it's kind of like a, like a new version of like a Western film. Uh. It's really good. Highly suggested. I will take your word for it. It's great. Uh, next, we have Robin Wright as Antiope, right? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she plays, um, like, I think uh, the aunt of Wonder Woman. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, and she is known for being in The Princess Bride. Forrest Gump and the TV show House of Cards. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as like the wife of right, like, yeah, yeah. the well, the guy. The hmm? Who was she in the Princess Bride? Have you seen that? Yeah, she was the princess. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was her first film. That's why they said and introducing Robin Wright as the princess. <laughs> I thought that was uh what's her name? Oh dang, what's her name? Oh man, it's gonna bug me. The one who was like a mermaid. Oh, oh man, crap. Sorry, keep going. I- I'll figure it out. Okay. <laughs> um, next we have Danny Hudson as Eric Ludendorff. Um he is known for uh the X-Men Origins Wolverine as I think think it was striker uh, next we have game nights and then he was also in two of the american horror stories um he was in coven and daryl Fran- hannah sorry go ahead <laughs> i thought that was daryl hannah <laughs> sorry keep going keep going <laughs> no i think like i think like daryl hannah i think she hasn't hadn't done splash at the time or like yeah um my bad no worries uh and then he's also known as being the half brother of angelica houston uh and then angelica houston is like known for being in like the adams family family as like the live action yeah morticia uh next we have the that the witches the original the witches oh yeah the ronald dowell like yeah, dowell? she pulled off her face and i died <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about no <laughs> <laughs> i would say like uh like the original witches is a lot better than a remake one because i saw the remake one and that that was a travesty <laughs> <laughs> okay 
<laughs> well, I love Anne Hathaway, so I'm gonna still watch it and, and let you know. Okay. I'll I'll call in. I'll dial into the next podcast and let you guys know what I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, next we have David Thewlis as Sir Patrick Morgan slash Aries. Uh, and he is known for being in the Harry Potter series as Remus Lupin. And he's Lupin. like the, yeah. the like w- werewolf professor. Yeah, he was the best. Best yes. teacher they have. Yes. Yes. Next, we have Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta. Uh, she is Wonder Woman's mom. Um, and she's known for being in uh, The Gladiator and the limited series I Am the Night and The Ice Harvest, which is like a dark comedy. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and then finally, we have Elena Anaya as Dr. Isabel Maru slash Dr. Poison. Uh, and she was in Van Helsen in the land of women or women, sorry. And a Almodovar film, The Skin I Live In. Okay, that's a top-notch cast. Yes. A little light on the diversity, but whatever. You know, but what, you know, we can talk about that later. Oh, yes. That's what said. <laughs> uh, so in terms of the backstory, uh, Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Martson and H.G. Peter. Martson was a psychologist who created the prototype for the light detector, while Peter was a newspaper illustrator slash cartoonist. So what happened was that when Martson was um, kind of making the prototype for the light detector, when he was working as a professor at the university, Ward got out about his relationship with not only with his wife, Elizabeth, but also their life partner, Olive Brine. So they kind of had like a poly, (laughs) yes, they had a polyamorous relationship. Okay. (laughs) So, and it was during the 1940s and they were like, no, no, no. And then they fired him for that. And then that's when he decided to create the comic book because he was like, oh, like while I'm like, unemployed and trying to figure you know get my reputation back in order i'm gonna make a comic book this is such a weird story (laughs) i know it was it was very interesting when i watched that bio film um i mean like it has in the wikipedia um of that uh film there was like controversy about like how um true the story is because um his kids um have like stated that oh this is like complete a complete lie but at the same time like he has announced that he had like a relationship with two women with his wife and a life partner what year is this oh the film no that he was uh like fired oh it was like during the 1940s See, that does seem kind of like a stretch, you know, because <clears throat> dudes do crap like that all the time and no one cares. Yeah. Like, it, it would have been weirder if, like, the, for, you know, for society, if it was a, a lady and she was like, I've got two dudes, guys, I've got two dudes. And they're like, uh, you're fired. 
women aren't allowed to have two dudes, <laughs> you know? So this seems like a stretch. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> well, I think it's like more of like the fact that he, it was like a public relationship that they never really kept it like no. under, you know. He didn't keep his side chick to the side. Yeah. Like, I think um, it was because of that, that both like Elizabeth and Olive were, I think, having a relationship. Like, you know, it was a polyamorous relationship. So okay. they were all having a relationship together. So okay. I it think. like one guy with two girlfriends. It was like three people dating yeah. the other three people. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think it might have been because it was like more of a public relationship okay that everyone was like oh this is weird so then okay so he (laughs) so he got fired yes (laughs) and he says i don't have a job crap let me make a comic book about a super awesome lady (laughs) yeah because like he uh used his uh disc theory um and then like the influence of his wife elizabeth and life partner olive as like an inspiration for wonder woman and i think in the disc theory it was like um like kind of like some of the elements that wonder woman is known for with like the lasso truce and um like the wrists yeah yeah. that it kind of all like created wonder woman um I guess that's that's cool. It's a, yeah. it's a little weird of a backstory, but yeah, I, I, okay. Well, I, you know, <laughs> so um, Patty Jenkins has credited Ooh. the stories from Martin's 1940 uh, Wonder Woman and George Perez's seminal story from the 1980s. So she got some of like um kind of like the origin story from both parts and then she also um features some aspects of dc comics origin changes in the new 52 reboot where diana is zeus's daughter okay yeah i remember that yeah because it's like yeah yeah because like I know that when it comes to like superhero and their origin stories it kind of like changes like almost every single time they reboot it so yeah it's funny it's always like we really hated the way they did it last time so we're gonna spend millions of dollars (laughs) to tell our origin story yes that's how you end up with three spider-mans in 10 years (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that's for another episode anywho But that's cool, though. I mean, I kind of like that Wonder Woman is um, like, because I want to imagine which do you know which version um, she uh, originated in as Zeus's daughter? Was that the the? It the... was the uh, new Fifty Two reboot. Okay, and I think it was probably from like the nineties. Okay, um, yeah. I think I think that the one thing that I really like too about the original is how cavalier she is about reproduction and and pleasure and stuff yeah (laughs) the fact that she's like above it all because she was sculpted from clay and brought to life by zeus kind of makes her even more awesome because she's like screw all of (laughs) y'all oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah she has like set there's like 
I think like a couple of scenes where she talks about that <laughs> and then right. have, like Trevor be like oh really like um you know like men are important too like it was <laughs> yeah, for reproduction <laughs> and that's it <laughs> she kind of has a point but you know whatever you know, it's cool it's, it's whatever Just keep going I'm Patty Jenkins Patty Jenkins <laughs> um so this is like one thing I didn't realize um this whole development of like making a live action Wonder Woman has dated back to 1996. So this whole thing, it took almost 20 years in order for get to get this movie, um, you know, up and running. See, I'm sure it was like logistics, but you know, it's just sexism. Oh yeah. Well, I I have it written down in the the timeline. So it started with Ivan Reitman uh, attached as producer and possible director. And I think at the time he was uh, making Space Jam, he was directing it. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like where he was like still like, you know, around as a director before he decided to, you know, backtrack and just be a producer. Yeah. Uh, so in 1999, the project became attached to John Cohen, who adapted Wonder Woman for producer Joe Silver with the hope that Sandra Bullock would star as like Wonder Woman. And that would have been cool. (laughs) That would have been so awesome because it's like Sandra Bullock, like looks like Wonder Woman and like is a very strong woman by herself. No, you should not have put that in my head because now that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sandra Bullock and she can totally do anything. Oh my gosh. Like she could do a rom-con. She could do a drug addict movie. She could do a very controversial film and still work it. Seriously. Did you see her in Bird Box? Everybody hates that movie. But you saw that sex scene. She's like 40 and she did sex oh boy and it was nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry you were were talking uh so by 2001 todd alcott was hired to write the screenplay with silver pictures backing the project there were rumors that mariah carey Catherine zeta jones and lucy lawless who played uh Xena, the Princess Warrior. Yeah. Uh, there were kind of candidates for Wonder Woman. However, producer Leonard Goldberg has stated that he was still focused on Bullock to play the role. Okay. And and Jones would have been good too. Say again. Catherine Zeta Jones would have been good too because she was really good in Zorro. Oh yes. Like she would have been tough in that. And she has like the body of like Wonder Woman, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lucy Lawless was a good idea too. Oh yeah. Mariah Carey though, she's a drama. Yeah, that was like that was like what just happened? (laughs) Did they see glitter? What? (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) So in 2005 of March, Warner Brothers and Silver Pictures announced that Joss Whedon would write and direct the film so this is when josh whedon like kind of comes in to the whole superhero genre yeah so the script was focused more on diana having a battle with her mother 
um, over Steve Trevor uh, while he acts as a narrator. And Whedon also set up to where Trevor would need to rescue Diana frequently when they leave um, Theramiscira. Uh, to travel to the modern world which it was like come on Joss Whedon (laughs) what you serious that would not pass the Bechdel test at all (laughs) no it would fail like heavily (laughs) that's terrible (laughs) (laughs) that sounds I'm sorry man that sounds horrible I I love Joss Whedon but screw you Joss Whedon (laughs) but I didn't get that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah i think it was like when his brain farted between like buffy the vampire slayer and then like you know his recent projects where it's like oh yeah like women do need men <laughs> seriously <laughs> this is, oh, i'm disappointed he's married come on man <laughs> uh, so uh a day uh wait um when sorry backtrack <laughs> sorry well, uh, you know what it is it's because we're so disgusted by joss waited we lost track of what we were i saying. know his bald head confused me to where uh, i was at <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> so uh, in 2007 um after like two years of trying to make a final version of his script uh he wasn't able to finish it and just left the project and the day before Whedon left, Warner Brothers and Silver Pictures purchased a spec script written by Matthew Jennison and Brent Stickland. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then in this script, it was set during World War II. And even though Silver Pictures uh, was impressed with the script, uh, they didn't like that it was a period piece. But then they wouldn't know that later in life they would just, you know, do a period piece. <laughs> Seriously. And I, th- I think that's lame too, because like the fact that um, Wonder Woman is immortal, essentially, like you'd want to get aspects of her life throughout time. Yeah. So it's, that's, I mean, come on. I, I swear, like, there's too many dudes doing stuff. <laughs> it just makes, it's just very close minded. I'm sorry. I just, mm. so meanwhile warner brothers began development for the justice league around this time and they had plans to include wonder woman to be as like one of the main characters uh and then at this time australian model megan gal uh gail was cast for the role in January 2008. However, the film was canceled later that year following production delays and budgetary concerns. And we all know that because that's when the recession happened. <laughs> I don't know how long, uh, I don't, I've never heard of Megan Gale. I almost want to Google that. Um, I think I looked her up and I think I've seen her face before but I don't know if she, I don't remember her filmography or what she's done. Nothing worth repeating. Yeah. I guess she was in uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but. Um, oh yeah, yeah, she was like one of the characters. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I can see her. She's got a very intense looking face. She, I feel like she'd, she'd look pretty, she'd do a good Medusa or something. Cause she's like, like just sort of like she stares into your soul like a bit. piercing eyes piercing eyes like really aggressive cheekbones <laughs> like she could uh her like chin could cut diamonds it's 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 sharp over there uh so uh i mean i guess that's kind of what you know you would expect but ugh, goodness um <laughs> <laughs> So in 2010, Warner Brothers stated that uh, Wonder Woman was in development again because I guess like they put it on hold um, and kind of wanted to wait until the recession passed a bit. Yeah. Uh, And then in 2013, Paul Figg uh, stated that he pitched the studio the idea for Wonder Woman as an action comedy film, which I was like, dude, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like Paul Feig, but I don't know if, I mean, I'm not, well, there's that one movie with him that he did with um, Anna Kendrick and uh, what's her name? Which was Yeah. But I don't know. I think he should stay away from, you know, like Super blockbuster good. franchises not, not all blockbuster <laughs> somebody hates paul Feig. So. oh no no i did like ghostbusters like the the 2016 remake yeah that was good i, I think you and i are the only ones who did like it but i, I no, think... it was at least two at least oh, okay you be at least like ghostbusters but i just think i don't know i feel like I think making it too comedic takes away from sort of the impact that it could have had or that it did have. Yeah. So I guess um, like you can have comedic elements, but you don't want to have like some overly comedic film when you're trying to make a statement about having like a female led action hero. So yeah. you, you tackle one thing at a time. Yeah. Cause I think it kind of, if you make it more comedy, it kind of, goes off into like the whole batman and robin like during the 1950s where it's like holy kamali batman (laughs) but we should still consider doing that at some point but yes (laughs) (laughs) i totally agree um yeah but then also too if you're making batman and superman be super serious i don't want some silly ass like wonder woman no because like i don't consider her to be like a loosey-goosey like i think she's like pretty serious yeah i think so i think she's probably the most serious of all of them because she's on task like a woman is because that's what we do we stay focused represent that's that's (laughs) my i'm doing the w sign for wonder woman oh okay (laughs) not a gang sign i don't i don't for a moment i was like wait what's happening Wonder Woman. Well, because like I know one of like the gang signs is like crossing the middle fingers, like the the like, only the gang sign I know is the Dairy Queen. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, I love being a, a, a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, I know um, some of the Riverside gang signs, but it was mainly because I had to go to this like seminar in high school to be like don't be with gang members and they showed the signs and i was like okay like is this a video what's happening (laughs) (laughs) all right well now we know Uh, you should you should give me a list of those signs later so (laughs) just you know she'll put a list on her website 
of what gangs to avoid. <laughs> no offense to those gangs. All right. <laughs> so you're saying. <laughs> after, um, after Paul Fig, you know, action comedy um, idea, the studio began searching for a female director uh, to direct the film. Mm-hmm. And Michelle McLaren uh, was the studio's initial choice to direct. However, she left the project due to creative differences. Yeah. yeah. And then in 2015, that's when Patty Jenkins um, was accepted to uh, direct the film. Wow. That's like, there's a lot of, uh, it's like a whirlwind, you know, of all the <laughs> actors and directors who went through this thing. That kind of makes me appreciate it more. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because- like that's all the scripts that went through like that's that's crazy (laughs) oh yeah like it's the same thing because I was also researching about um A Star is Born and the recent uh the 2018 one like that went through the same situation like it was supposed to be in the 90s with Will Smith and then yeah and it went through the same thing, like went through development hell and then got picked up like in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> it's kind of wild because like audience members who like don't, who aren't in the industry, like are real quick to shit on a movie and you have no idea how much it went through to get to where it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so appreciate your movies, people. That's my two cents. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Especially for us writers that had yeah. to go through so many like scripts. <laughs> yeah, too. It's like what people don't realize is like somebody will write a script, it'll take them months to do it. They'll work blood, sweat, and tears, and they'll send it to the studio, and the studio's like, this sucks, start over. Or this sucks, we're bringing in a new writer to overwrite you. And then yeah. it ends up sucking anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's rough. Yes, it's a rough, rough world. <laughs> Um, so there, besides that whole development held, there were some controversies about this film. So when Zack Snyder cast Gail uh, Gadot for the role of Wonder Woman, uh, fans criticized the decision, citing that Gadot doesn't look like the famous superhero. So they stated that Wonder Woman has bright blue eyes with sharp chisel features and a slender yet curvaceous body, while Gadot has a soft face with brown eyes and I would like a thin body in, in based on what the info I got from. What a wonderfully racist controversy. <laughs> That's great. The white girl wasn't white enough. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she wasn't white enough. Was. <laughs> like, wait a minute. She doesn't have Hispanic features and she isn't white. Come on. Oh, goodness. Goodness. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. You know, just so we're clear guys, I'm black. Didn't love that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> Uh, another controversy was before the film's release, the film was banned in Lebanon because Gail Gadot um, is a former Isra- Israeli uh, Defense Force Forces soldier, 
and make public comments in support of the Is Israel uh, military during the 2014 war in Gaza. Mm. Wow. I knew she was a soldier, but I didn't know the backstory. So, wow. Well, I know that uh, if you were born in Israel, um, it is like a requirement that you had to like serve, I think like four years um, in the military. Yeah. It's kind of like a requirement as a citizen. Okay. I think even if you were born there and then move out of the country, you had to go back to Israel to serve the, you know, because I think it's like once you're 18, you have to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there were other countries like Algeria, Qatar, and Tunisia that had some form of ban um, for the release of the film. Jordan was originally going to place a ban on the film, but they decided to suspend the order. That's um, so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm not touching that controversy, so respect. <laughs> well, because like, I, I get it with the countries that um, are banning it, but also it's like, it's a film. Like, yeah. It's an actress. Who cares? But um, yeah, I mean, people people have their things, you know. Yeah. But I'm sure they're they, they were able to bootleg it online or something. So yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so let's get to the summary. Um, so in the film starts off in present day Paris where Diana Prince receives a photographic plate from Wayne Enterprise um, of herself and four men during uh, World War I, uh, causing her to recall her past. And then the film goes back in time to Diana's childhood um, where she lives on an island of Themyscira, um, which is home, wait, say it. I said, yeah, Themyscira, <laughs> I love that place. I want to go there and live there because it's chill and you get to learn how to beat somebody in the face yeah. with weapons and there's no dudes. Oh yeah, it's the same thing with, um, there's this place in uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild where there is like a city where only women are allowed to go into the city and it's the same thing where it's like a lot of strong women and <laughs> don't need no man <laughs> exactly though <laughs> but yeah that was the whole thing too because like um she's like the only kid because there's no dudes it's just it's just the amazons being amazonian and yeah and then it does like like before it goes to like child to um diana as a child um it does like do like a quick like summary of like what happened with the gods and it's all animated and it's awesome yes diana's mom queen hippolyta uh, explains that amazonian women were created by the olympian gods to protect mankind and when aries like a waste but go ahead <laughs> And when Ares became jealous of humanity and orchestrated its destruction, all the other gods except for Zeus were killed. And Zeus used the rest of his strength to uh, wound Ares and force him to retreat. 
And then basically his last dying breath was Zeus leave um, the Amazonian women a weapon, which is the God killer. And it's this sword that Wonder Woman has. Um, yeah, it's and, huge, like the size of her. Yes, I think it's like half her size. Okay, fine. It's half her size. <laughs> really sharp. Um, so when Diana wanted to participate in the training, her mother reluctantly, like at first she didn't want her to participate, but then um, her sister, uh, General Antiope, um, was like kind of like being like, oh, like, you know, this would be great for Diana. Yeah, I remember this because I, I watched this recently and um, like, again, recently I watched it back when it was like, ah, you know, great. Yeah. So um, I, uh, I remember that Queen Hippolyta didn't want um, her daughter to be fighting because she thought that it would attract Ares to them. Um, which, you know, the logic there, I'm just not with it, <laughs> just so we're clear. And then I don't know how to say the, the aunt's names, like, and you said Antipi, Antipi, Antiope, Antiope, that thing. So, um, she, uh, she was like, okay, but what happens when Aries shows up and she can't defend herself, <laughs> right? It's like, you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's like what about the other children who've grown up like you know like do they count like is yeah, it just like, diana i think diana's the only girl like child right like the the rest of the amazons have been alive for years and they were back like the, those were the ogs that defended you know the humans who didn't deserve it um. and so that's why she was sculpted of clay because they were like we can't procreate how are we going to do this and they made the one kid so, oh i see i see yeah I see. so like so like if aries just popped off and showed up like they all get to fight and she all she can do is hide like that's just the logic there and i know i know that's mom logic but like i had i was upset that like she was like no my daughter should stay helpless <laughs> like what and then like her aunt comes in like the cool aunt is like no 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 he's like oh you want to wield a weapon let's hide in the woods and let you wield a weapon it's like good looks auntie so, so yeah so then um there's like a whole montage it's like a little montage um of just diana training like from the day she's a child to all the way up to like young adults right. um so it is now 1918 and diana is kind of like hanging out on the island and right. then she sees captain steve trevor basically having a plane crash and he crashes into the um the sea sure. and then diana's like okay i'm gonna like save him so then she he she saves him and because she saved him um a group of german soldiers group of german soldiers (laughs) (laughs) um they kind of figured out like how to get into the whole like island because there's like a little shield where it's like invisible unless you like move in or something yeah it's like a protective dome 
that shields the mascara from the outside world so they can't find it. Yeah. But normally, because I'm sure someone's accidentally sailed through it before and it didn't happen. But I would imagine because there's this whole like epic fight and Diana like uh she does the what is it, the um the wrist thingy. Yeah. Know, she does a bam. And there's this crazy like force field. It's like orange and and then yeah. and then uh for some reason it made the mascara's like dome penetrable. So, you know, after that, <laughs> it was like all bets are off. I don't know if the one co- connected with the other because it was sort of subtle, but after she did that, then the dude flew into her thing. I'm, sh- yeah. I'm sure someone's flown by it before. So I think that had something to do with her powers were activated or something. Yeah. And things started popping off. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it might have been that because, I don't know, like, if it was like an invisible island wouldn't it be able to like move up or down like if like a ship is coming through or something i mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> so so anyway back to the story um so then the group of german sh- soldiers why am i saying shoulders like <laughs> the german shoulders showed up <laughs> and they and they shook everybody to sh- death <laughs> should get to death should death <laughs> so yeah um the germans let's just like shorten it the germans come in and <laughs> attack the amazonian women um who because like their technology isn't as advanced in terms of weaponry that they're they just had like arrows and spears while the soldiers had basically guns and a lot of the women were injured or have been killed um yeah but that was by far the greatest fight scene i've ever seen in my life oh yeah it was really good and they still those losers were walking around with guns and they still got their ass beat oh yeah it was sweet I definitely recommend if you if you do nothing else if you don't watch this movie ever to just watch that fight scene because it was awesome (laughs) yeah I totally agree because like it was really cool that like some of the uh, women they're riding on horseback and then they would jump like high into the sky and then use their arrows to like shoot down at the soldiers and then it was multiple arrows so yep. they like hit like five at once. It was amazing. Yep. Those like slow motion spins. And like at one point her aunt like does that one thing where she's like shield and she jumps up and she pulls back and she's got three arrows and she takes out three dudes at once. Oh, Lord. That was sweet. That was, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, during the whole ordeal, Antiope, like her aunt, um, basically sacrifices herself to save Diana. Uh, because there's like an incident towards the end of the fight where the aunt sees that a German soldier is like taking aim at Diana, who's just standing there kind of watching everything going on. And then the aunt's like, no, and then like jumps <laughs> and then gets hit in the bullets. Yeah. And she dies. Yes. So when that happens and basically all the soldiers are taken down 
the Amazon women then take Trevor. I'm assuming to like their like main headquarters or something. It's like it a like to court, you know. It was like it was almost like their their version of a trial. Okay. Yeah, yeah because they interrogate him with the lasso of Hestia, uh, which is like the lasso of truce. Yeah. Um, and while he's talking, it's like a funny moment because he he's like trying to hide like his secret but because of the lasso is yeah. like a truth serum he ends up like revealing that he's a spy for the allies and just stole a notebook from the german chief chemist dr isabel maru um and then when he was like revealing the answers he's like wow that's really strong <laughs> like, do the lasso like it burned him like every time he tried to tell a lie it would burn yeah forced to tell the truth because it burns so bad <laughs> oh yeah so i'm like i wish i had that for my brother but you know i mean i wish like the lasso of truth was like available for everyone because it would have been great yeah that would have been that would have been nice a lot of good things would have happened with that and some bad things but mostly yeah just, i mean yeah. especially if you're like at someone's party and they're like do you like my party and then <laughs> they put the lasso of truth on it's like ah it's like hey guys i just got this lasso of truth let's start drinking <laughs> it's just like just like a party trick uh, <laughs> you know? so after that whole thing, he also states that Maru is attempting to engineer a deadlier form of mustard gas for General Eric Ludendorff. Mm-hmm. Um, so believing that Ares is behind this great war, because during the conversation, um, Trevor reveals that, yes, like there's a war happening and they don't know that there's a war happening mainly because they're on an island and mainly because they're secluded from the outside world. So because of that, Diana thinks that, oh, this is Ares, like he's behind this whole great war and decides to arm herself with the God-killing sword, um, the Lasso Truce, and armor before leaving the mascara uh with steve for london london and she has that sweet ass shield too oh yes can't forget that yes classic yeah but up but like everybody else is like we don't care what's going on outside of the mascara even though we're the oldest and we know what it's like we're gonna stay here and defend our land from potential threats while you the youngest person on the island goes alone forever with this stranger <laughs> for this hypothetical war that actually turns out to be a real war. So yeah, yeah, just so we're clear that that he wasn't lying. Yeah, I think it was like more of like Diana's like empathy towards other people that I think that's kind of what differentiates her from like the other Amazonian women. Because I feel like the women, they kind of like, well, we're on this island by ourselves. We're fine like that. Yeah, but it's like, why bother training then? Like, I mean, why bother training so hard? You know? I mean, I guess it's for the threats, but like, that that was quick work. Taking those Germans out was quick work. Like, they didn't need all that. Yeah. You know? It's like, you got all this. You're not going to, you're not going to help other people. You got all this uh, strength and 
like sweet ass armor and you're not going to do anything with it you're just going to sit on the island and keep training <laughs> well they can't do anything else they can't sell things they they can't like go to some like i'm, I'm disappointed but also like sign me up <laughs> i'm here for it <laughs> when diana and trevor go to london they arrive and they deliver maru's notebook to the supreme world council and it's it's also like a funny bit because when diana enters they're like oh there's a woman in here like it's like voodoo (laughs) right uh, and that's where um, Sir Patrick Morgan kind of comes in and being like, oh, hey, like, what are you up to? And they explain what's happening. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to negotiate an armistice with Germany. Um, so they hand um, the notebook to him. And also, like, because Diana knows a lot of like multiple languages she can translate what the germans are saying in this notebook and it states that the germans plan to release the deadly gas at the western front and despite um, being forbidden by his commanding officer uh, steve still recruits um, a moroccan spy named zamir a scottish marksman named charlie and a Native American smuggle, smuggler sorry, um, named Chief Napi uh, for extra help. Wait, hold on, dude. You're leaving some stuff out. So there's a... <laughs> sorry, I'm like doing like the overall thing. But if you want to like chip in on details, like go yeah, for no, it. Just real quick. No, there's a very essential part. So this whole thing with the... Uh, with the and, and uh, you know me, I don't know a lot about politics, but they're all sort of talking about like, oh, they're going to kill everybody. And they're like, well, people die. That's fine. We're okay with that. And so Steve, like the one reputable quality he has is he's like, I don't want a lot of people to die. And so he decides to go behind their backs. That's, that's the thing. They didn't tell him to go do it. He was like, screw these folks. I'm going to recruit a bunch of ragamuffins and we're going to go to war and stop this thing even though my bosses are telling me I can't I can't stop this thing so he kind of like sneaks and does it and his boss Professor Lupin decides to help him out so they recruit their crew and then they head off to war in secret to to try and uh, well Diana's trying to stop Aries but everybody else is like we're gonna stop Professor Poison from uh from being the worst and trying to kill the world. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so uh, they arrive at the front of, in Belgium uh, where Diana, um, like they basically are like walking through the trenches and like some of the soldiers are like greeting them. So they're like, oh, cool. Chief Nate is here. <laughs> like, All right. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Cause Native American dude, uh, he's, the, he's got the hookup. So when he shows up, he's like, oh, shoot, he's got the hookup. Let me get a cheeseburger or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, like, he's that guy. 
Um, so while they're walking, uh, Diana basically stops and spots a woman crying about her city being under attack. And then she's like, oh, where, you know, where is the city? It's like, oh, it's on the other side of the, of the no man's land. And then she's like, okay, no worries. And then like, <laughs> and she just strips <laughs> off in her cute little outfit down a war zone. <laughs> yeah. And then Steve is like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, don't go into no man's land. Like, and she's like, no, I'm going to do it because she's saying that she needs help. I want to help her. So she ignores them um like the men and just walks into no man's land and yeah. and it's like kind of like a huge like slow motion um a bit yeah, yeah. i mean it's like no man's land's like the line between the fr- the front line between the british and the, the germans and it does start off slow because they got to do that and I like her like ripping off the jacket. Off her jacket. And she comes through and she's got the shield and they're all shooting at her. And of course, bullets are suddenly fluorescent. So you can see how many hit her shield. And she's just sitting there in her like super like Captain Morgan pose, like trying to stop all the bullets from hitting from hitting her face. And then everyone's like, oh, I guess we should help her <laughs> yeah they're like oh cool they're, they're distracted by her let's go on the other side and attack them yeah and that's just trevor's boys like the regular soldiers who are supposed to be doing this on a regular basis are like let them go they're morons well and, they wait and- they basically wait until they break the um the german front and then they're like oh yeah let's like let's go yeah, like a bunch of lazy pog bitches <laughs> sorry guys children i apologize (laughs) so yeah like that whole thing happens and then they go into the through the enemy trenches and to the village that the lady was talking about um and they basically liberate the village like they like destroy like the enemies and the other germans and another great action scene there's a lot of imagery of um diana bussing through windows and flying over buildings and crap so it's uh it's quite nice it's, it's quite nice and uh after the whole uh fighting scene the team celebrates and take a photograph of them like in front of the village and this kind of is the photograph that diana is looking at in the beginning of the film yeah. So I will say she doesn't smile at all and she does like a gangster pose, you know, where she, she looks down and doesn't show her teeth. And I was like, why? Why do you have to be so upset? Like, I don't understand. I don't get it when third grade boys do it and I don't get it when you do it. Smile. <laughs> show them teeth. That, that's how she would smile? Like the or Chandler like the, smile? The, the, the child pose where it's like, where they keep their teeth closed. And they just open their mouth so you know. So they're like, I smiled. Let, just take the picture. It's like. <laughs> so. So yeah, after the photograph, like Diana and Steve kind of like talk to each other and like in the scene, like basically a hint that the relationship is blossoming into more than just, you know, friends. I think Jeanette's trying to dance over the subject that they did it. They were like, yay, we 
fought a battle. Let's teach you about sex now. And they did it. That's what she's talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they had sex. <laughs> like imagine the sex. Like, will she had to like like tone down on her like superhero? I mean, would she? What are you saying? Like she she toned down on her super vagina or something? What are you trying no. to say? her superhero like i mean like if she's like on top of him like when she like basically like Whoa. break the bed <laughs> like <laughs> well uh, uh lucky for us jeanette we don't need to know because they didn't cut to the sex scene he was just like let me show you about sex and he takes her off into a dark corner well not a dark corner it was definitely a bed it wasn't <laughs> sketch like that but they just had a lovely night together and then it ended and then they were like thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> they shake hands yeah it was great that was a good business arrangement he, like he has like a top hat for some reason he's like top of the morning the lady <laughs> my lady <laughs> thank you for the lesson <laughs> but it's all suggested because they don't actually show anything they just sort of walk off into the the room that they're sharing or yeah something. and i think like the next scene is like them like hanging out like post-coitus yeah. post-coitus <laughs> well yeah <laughs> uh, I was gonna say that they just they both just seemed to be in a very good mood when the the sun started to rise so oh yeah didn't you see like Chris Pines's eyebrows like they were all like happy. Oh, yeah they were flaring they were uh they were they were uh in good standing they were just uh just nice <laughs> You know, they were ready to go. They were like, round two? So basically in the next scene, the team learn that a gala is being held at a nearby German high command center where Steve and Diana infiltrate the party. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Just an excuse to get her in a gown, <laughs> but whatever. And then have a sword right behind her. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Steve, like for him, he was planning to locate uh, the gas and destroy it. But mm -hmm. Diana tries to lo locate Ludendorff to mm -hmm. kill him. That's why she has an, her big Gina sword in like basically rigged to her back. <laughs> But also, she should never part with that thing anyway. So I don't blame her. <laughs> oh, no. Because, I mean, even when, like, Steve's assistant was holding it and she was a bit worried, like, Diana was like, wait, I don't want to let go. And then Steve was like, don't worry, don't worry. She'll she'll take care of it. And then Diana lets go. And then the assistant, like, can't hold on to both the shield and the sword. Like, yeah. she was having a hard time. You know, that kind of makes me wonder, too. Like, how the heck does she know how to do her dress up with the sword that she just got a few days before? Yeah. She conveniently knew how to wrap her dress so that her sword could be positioned that way. It's like, what? <laughs> I know. And then imagine she couldn't, like, sit because, like, the sword is super long. But it goes past like that, her butt. A, a woman like that does not sit down. You can tell. She can't sit down. <laughs> She has a giant back. sword in her back. <laughs> Have you ever seen like a like a like a I don't know how the, the proper word, but like like a like a bomb ass lady in a dress sitting? No, I think that's like 
that's because of like corsets and other yes you know hoop skirts and uh yeah this was yeah she there's no way there's no way she sat down yeah. sorry that's just a random note i thought <laughs> not worth it so basically she spots uh ludendorff and believing that he is aries she kind of like tries to go up to him to kill him right in front of everyone uh and steve stops her to avoid like jeopardizing his mission but ludendorff notices them and basically unleashes the gas um at the village that they just liberated and diana noticed like oh my god he's going to attack the village and like basically runs to the village only to find out that everyone who was at the village has you know died from the gas and that's kind of like i would say like her low point like because she's like oh i just saved these like people and now they're they're dead so yeah but that's that's sort of how scripts go anyway you need sort of like like usually the hero has some sort of champion moment where everything's doing great and they're on a high note you know and they think that they're invisible and there's something right before the climax that sort of knocks them down a few pegs and it's usually like the death of a friend you know or someone important to them that makes them change up the way they do things and like there's a fury in them to sort of like, I, I can't let this happen again. So I'm going to retaliate in the best way that I know how epic oh, yeah. moment commence time. So that was, that was bound to happen. Yeah. So um, because of this, like she becomes upset and just blames Steve for intervening with her part of the mission. This causes Diana to pursue uh, Ludendorff who has moved to, a nearby base where the gas is being loaded onto a bomber aircraft that is bound for London. So Diana gets there, she fights off Ludendorff, who like he gains like his strength, his like almost superhero strength with this like gas, like this like little tablet. He like yeah. breaks those capsules and he inhales and then his like whole yeah gets like fiery veiny red yeah it's gotta be the grossest part of the movie (laughs) yeah it's kind of like almost like steroids for him like yeah that he can inhale with a yeah yeah like airborne steroids (laughs) trippy but also intriguing (laughs) (laughs) so after a fight scene uh, she kills uh, Ludendorff with the god-killing sword. Um, but then when she kills him, she's a bit confused because his death doesn't stop the war. Like, it's still going. They're still, like, you know, loading the gas onto the bomber plane. and Yeah, for her, it's, like, anticlimactic, and she thinks something's wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then this is when Morgan appears and reveals himself to be Ares. And then he tells Diana that although he suddenly, well, yeah, like I knew it all along because of that mustache. That's an evil man mustache. (laughs) Well, especially like when like Steve gave him the notebook, he was like, oh. And then like also when I think he also like talked to them, being like, oh, you should go to this place. So it was kind of like guiding them to like a trap. So I figured, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. He's like, it's just, it, it's a bummer because Professor Lupin's the dude. He's like the dude. But yeah. like, you know, I guess people got to make a living and sometimes they got to be villains. But I, you know, it was, it was, I think, I think for me, because he tended to be around folks who wanted to go to war or like encourage the war to continue. Yeah. And I was like, it's got to be one of these lame ass dudes in this room right here. <laughs> and uh, Linda Loft was in there with Lin- Lindenberger. Yeah, Luden, Ludendahl. Yeah, where it was in there. So it had to be, it had to be one of those dudes. I thought maybe it was the guy who was like, let's encourage our soldiers to die. But he was my backup. <laughs> Yeah. When he's like revealing that he's Aries, he uh, tells Diana that although he subtly gave humans ideas and inspiration, it is ultimately their decision to resort to violence. And then she tries to kill him with uh, the god killing sword, but Aries destroys the sword, like basically, like without a hitch. I feel like because they put so much weight on the god killer sword, it was bound to not work out. Yeah, it kind of almost felt like a facade of like, oh, if I have this sword, I can kill Ares instead of understanding that no, it's within you that counts. Yeah, it was also too, they were laying it on pretty thick and it was like, it, it was almost like they were suggesting that Diana was the god killer herself. Yeah. You know, but like, because she was like can i see the god killer and her mom's like sure (laughs) like well yeah i mean there's a mirror over there (laughs) you know or like just the the conversations that um hippolyta and antifa or whatever her name is were having like it felt like the more powerful she got the more aries could know where she was and come to her because she was in fact the god killer so they're like almost attracted to each other yeah almost like um like harry potter where he is one of the um horcrux yeah horcrux yeah so while they're fighting he persuades uh diana to help him destroy mankind in order to restore paradise on earth uh but she ignores him and the the two continue to battle meanwhile steve and uh, his team uh, destroyed Maru's laboratory. However, when they discovered that one of them has to be on the plane in order to detonate the bomb, because if they detonate the bomb on land, it would destroy everyone like around. Yeah. And it had to be like up in the air at certain points. Right. So then Steve was like, okay, I'm going to volunteer myself, not only because I'm a pilot, but also because I am Diana's lover. (laughs) Yeah, she can't be loving people. No, (laughs) she is an independent woman. (laughs) Yeah, so I should die. (laughs) When Diana, it's like at the moment when she gets knocked down to the ground by Ares, that Steve like comes comes up to her and at this moment she can't really hear him so it's kind of like very like very like you can hear some of the stuff 
surrounding them, but you can't hear him clearly. Right, but it's it, that's probably for the best because that would have been all smoochy smoochy, and I'm not. Well, it, it later is revealed, like moments later, that um, what he was telling her was that he has to go, mm-hmm. and that he wished he had more time, which probably is one of my favorite lines of the film was like oh i wish i had more time and i was like oh yeah so you can have sex with her like let's be honest <laughs> Wait, that's why it's your favorite line <laughs> no it's it's not that sex part it's like more of like a love like part it's like oh he wants to be with her more but like my dirty side is like no he wants to have sex with her more <laughs> So he, she didn't hear the part where he says, "I wish we had more time to have sex." Yes, but he kind of. I really want you to know before I go. Is that what we're? Is that what we're going with? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But yeah. um, but he basically says that he loves her, and then gives her um his watch to like, you know, remind her of him. So then he uh, gets on the plane and basically flies up into the air. She watches him and then he basically shoots um, the bomb with his gun and it explodes. And then Diana is upset. She becomes enraged and then like starts like having super strengths because of her rage. And while this is happening, Aries is like oh like see this is why you need to be with me (laughs) as like my Mm co-pilots and it's like oh like kill you know Dr. Maru and she's like at that moment was like yeah I am going to kill her and it like picks up like this tank and it's about to slam it on Maru and then Maru's like looking at her and then that's like the moment where she looks back at like the um, conversation with uh, Steve and how like that he's like, oh yeah, I love you. I wish I had more time, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and then at this time she's like, no, I don't want to use violence. I am going to destroy you. And there's like more fight scene with him. And then basically she kills um Aries with her god like weapon which is her bracelets her super forearm shields yes yeah but uh but yeah oh god I'm glad you told it I tried to stay quiet but I just ugh. I don't know I don't like movies where like I I hate it when the dude is your weakness you know like like when she's so caught up that she's about to like turn away from everything that she's been taught and all of the, her whole mission for the whole movie and everything just because like oh man you you killed my boyfriend I told <laughs> shit about it Ugh. it's like come on be, be better than that yeah <laughs> you <have a> bigger purpose <laughs> I hate it <laughs> my one complaint <laughs> oh yeah I mean I agree like I think like I mean, I'll explain up more of, like, my thoughts on the film, but I I agree. Like, I think it's a little bit cheesy at some parts, especially, like, the climax. Uh, it's a bit cheesy. Yeah. When Ares is killed, 
basically the team and Diana celebrate the end of the war because for some reason, because he's dead, the war has ended. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So it goes back into present day and Diana sends an email to Bruce Wayne uh, thanking him for the photo and during the narration she basically continues to fight on the world's behalf as wonder woman understanding love can truly save the world this was like a line in the wikipedia for the summary and that's the end of the film yeah well that was lovely that was great i think that uh jeanette's retelling of it was better than the movie itself so uh so there you go guys (laughs) so uh let's talk about our thoughts on the characters like what did you think about uh wonder woman um, so I thought she was pretty awesome. The stunts that they had her do were just, I just, I'm sorry. I love, I love stunt work. So just some of the things they had her doing, the, some of the CGI they had of her like flying in the air and, and the, the big, the big hop she got, like that was, that was pretty cool. I think that her naivete was pretty welcome, especially when she first got to England or London and she was like, a bit a bit clueless of everything because it sort of kept her a little bit like untouched by man literally I guess because um she didn't know things and she was just sort of learning as she was going so I really appreciated that aspect of it because it it made me root for her because she was very innocent I didn't love how hung up she got on um Steve just because I don't like that. I don't like that characteristic of female characters in general. So um, so that's my sort of one complaint. Personally, if I was her, I would have stayed on this, the mascara, but you know, you gotta have a movie. So whatever. <laughs> I would say like my favorite thing about her is that she's very, she's very independent. She's like able to, you know, like do her own thing Mm -hmm. um she doesn't really like have like men tell her what to do like even like in like the no man's land like she's like okay i'm going across no man's land and everyone's like no don't do that don't do it and she's like no i'm i'm gonna do it yeah like she didn't really care um and then i also like that she is even though she is naive like in terms of the outside world like when she's like in london and doesn't understand that yeah people don't like it when you walk up to them to like say hi to their kid (laughs) that they're holding (laughs) but she's also like smart in terms of like understanding that like the different languages and you know knowing so many languages she was able to know blackfoot language because she was able to talk to chief Nappy, who knows uh blackfoot uh, language yeah and same thing with like you know germany german like she was able to know that without any problem uh so she is smart like i would say she's more book smart but then when it comes to like street smart especially when she's like in london she's like a little bit like needs more work yeah but i i wouldn't say she is a damsel in distress i do agree yeah with the whole like the death of like steve like traumatized her to like 
be almost reliant on him in terms of, of a relationship. Yeah. So I think that was the only thing. She just hung up. Like she just reacted poorly for a superhero. Yeah. About it's like I get it. Like y'all had sex the other night, but there are other people whose lives are at stake. Yeah. You know? And uh and then yeah. also like she's starting to like be with like Superman later in life, you know? Ew. Come on. Gross. <laughs> at least it's not batman i can't stand batman so i'm glad it's, as long as it's not batman i'm fine <laughs> no i mean especially like ben affleck's batman like that was like a slow motion <laughs> sorry um, i don't like ben affleck but let's uh, let's move on <laughs> yeah. let's move on to captain uh steve trevor what did you think about him I thought it was cool. I he's my favorite. Uh, Chris Pine is my favorite of the Chris's. So um, I thought he did a good job in this role. I, I appreciated that they didn't make him too um, misogynistic. Like I feel like like a lot of it, especially when they were in war, was him sort of following her and allowing her to be Wonder Woman and not make it like a dual film about her and him. So. Um, yeah I thought I thought he did a good job and and he was he was essentially in my opinion like almost the sort of comedic relief at times for the movie just in sort of their 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 differences and their upbringing and and you know so I think and him sort of teaching her how it is in the rest of the world I appreciated you know the the counterbalance of their personalities so I liked him yeah I mean I liked it too um I think that I really liked the like conversation that they had between Trevor and uh, Diana where like there was that one scene where he's like I think it was like in a cave where he was like taking a bath and then she was like what is that and then he thinks that oh it's like his you know nether region and he's like trying about to explain it and then she's like no what's that watch well she didn't know the name of it it's like but what is that like that was funny and then i also like the part where (laughs) where um she was talking about like some of the books that she read and it is about that like oh yeah women don't need men they only need them for procreation and then he's like wait 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 a minute wait a minute (laughs) and like trying to make like a an excuse like no i think you do need men and then she's like no no we don't really need men like (laughs) yeah i thought that was good too yeah so i think like it was a really good comic relief it wasn't obvious like a lot of comic relief actors and characters you know it's not like cat Dan- dennings um and Thor, where it's like pretty obvious that she's a comic relief like at least like for him it's subtle yeah and then i also like that he is almost in the same direction as like uh diana where he also wants to save the world he right. doesn't want to just focus on like his side or the other side he's just focused on trying to save everyone from destruction yeah, like a similar goal yeah that they want to accomplish it's just how they do it is different yeah which is cool and that's pretty much how they came together anyway so yeah, yeah totally agree uh what do you think about the amazonian women um, I, I wish they raised me 
and uh, I want to live with them. And uh, what else? Uh, I wish I knew their sweet ass moves. Uh, I'll pass on the skirt, but uh, they were awesome and amazing. And that's the closest that the whole movie got to diversity. So I yeah, they had um, what one black person and like a couple Hispanic people. They had more. They were mostly extras, but they had like a general and a senator who were um, women of color. And then there were some crazy like brown skinned ladies who were beating the shit out of people, (laughs) which was lovely. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, one of the facts was that um, I think it was like a famous UFC fighter was one of the the characters. And I think it was uh, one of the generals. Yeah, yeah, they were sweet. And uh, apparently they went through some very intense training before they started filming. So so they were all really uh, ripped when the, when they shot that. So I, I personally appreciated the effort they put into uh, making them look as awesome as they did. Yeah, I, I agree. I really like, they're very strong, probably would be intimidated by them if I had to be against them. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, can we like range check? Like... <laughs> for real <laughs> I do like the archery I would love if they could teach me how to jump and shoot and <laughs> that'd be really cool uh, what do you think you of... teach me. say again oh, I just said once they teach you you teach me no please no, thank you <laughs> uh, what did you think about uh, Ludendorff and Morgan slash Aries uh Ludendorff was you know standard evil guy I think they picked a good you know meaty in the face you know didn't care about anybody he did a good job at being really creepy um I think that uh Sir Patrick Morgan was he was cool I mean kind of a boring like ally when he became Aries like he looked crazy (laughs) you know but um I think that he didn't make enough of a presence in the film for me to not suspect him from the jump uh, of being a villain. So, I mean, I don't know if that, I mean, I don't think it it matters too much because there were a lot of other sort of negative forces. Um, But I would say that when he finally turned to Aries and he looked crazy with that helmet on and everything, I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm scared. Uh, That's that's my two cents. Yeah, I think the funny part about Ludendorff was there's a um, a gif of, um, I think it was one of the officers that when Ludendorff went to that bunker uh, yeah. meeting <laughs> and yeah. he was talking to the other general, uh, the guy's like, Ludendorff, enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that that was funny. And that guy's been a villain in other stuff too. Yeah. A lot of them. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think like um when I talked to Mira about that scene, um, he thinks that there might have been more conversation. Like there might have been a part where Ludendorff was trying to over talk like one up the the other guy yeah. to the point where he was like Ludendorff enough. Like right. <laughs> so it it, it might have at the time when they were filming, it might have been where there was a conversation happening, but maybe like because the film was like almost three hours long, that they had to like cut some scenes. So, yeah. 
They're always cutting for time, the best stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that for him, he was like a good like comic book villain. Like, you know, being like, oh, I'm, you know, like. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm evil. Yeah, like I'm evil. Yeah. Like can thing. Yeah. A lot of eyebrow work. Yeah. <laughs> And for like um, Sir Patrick Morgan, I kind of feel like that it was pretty obvious that he was going to be the main villain, like he was going to be Ares. I think if they worked on it where like he was actually helping like Diana and Trevor a bit more or have been like involved in like some of the situations, I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe it would have been like a great like oh wow like he's actually the villain <laughs> right like he's like here's some money to go die and yeah. you guys can use my office for your inevitable death so it just seemed like that was the most he brought to the table and there wasn't a lot to it so yeah it seemed like if they wanted somebody that big because sometimes you can tell too if like the actor is big enough you know they're gonna have a bigger role than what it looks like oh yeah you're like okay that's professor lupin he's in this movie he's not doing much now so he's gonna do a lot later (laughs) you know oh yeah and i do like the costume that he wore when he turned into aries like i did like the um the helmet and when i saw um the comic book version of aries like it looks similar to um what the film uh depicted but it did it in like a more modern uh, kind of like the way wonder woman was where it's like it wasn't ideally like exactly like the original costume but it was like modern enough to where it's not totally bright but you could kind of see the colors you know yeah that's that <laughs> that's, uh, that's that authenticity from patty jenkins She's oh doing yeah her thing, man. she makes the big bucks for a reason yes yeah what did you think about uh dr isabel maru pass no (laughs) i'm just she was so creepy to look at that i tried my best not to stare directly at her (laughs) i mean in my honest opinion like i think it was a good counter for diana because it's like you have diana as this like strong uh female character for the good side and then you have uh dr maru as like the evil woman but even like when she was almost about to die um in the hands of diana like at least diana realized no i don't need to why should i you know kill another woman you know out of my rage type of thing yeah i don't know if the gender thing was specific to her but just like to kill anybody that's not her that's not her style because you know yeah you know but I I don't know I I felt like and I think that's something they do like I don't I they they did sort of like a big bad and then they had sort of like a a baby bad and that was Dr. Poison and uh I don't know man she I, I couldn't get over that sort of mannequin mouth thing she was doing that I I tried my best not to think about her I don't know I mean I did like the costume because like when it's revealed that she has like this like no you don't like it okay (laughs) well I liked it um (laughs) 
Well, uh, let's move on to um, Trevor's allies, um, Charlie, Chief Nappy, and Samir. What did you think about them? They were cool. I think that making them sort of a ragtag bunch of people, you know, was 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 a cool sort of aspect. They came through when they needed to. I mean, you know, for the most part, and uh, it helped to show how what like what they were fighting against they had all these like ragamuffins and they were going into battle and fighting like hundreds of dudes behind wonder woman she was essentially fighting you know by herself but uh, but they were cool i i I think in i don't think i have any opinions of them individually but i think that it was cool to have sort of like a rugged sort of outcast group running behind her which is which count which counters like how she was fighting in the beginning with the the ultimate crew um at the jump so yeah i liked them i i liked that aspect of it i didn't want some some movie where they're like it's like it's wonder woman and these super awesome dudes and they're like aryan and blah blah, blah. you know it's like it's she she got to have she got to have a little crew, but they, they didn't overshadow her, overshine her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked how they were kind of like the type of people who you wouldn't expect to be in like a major uh, team. Yeah. Because it's like you have Charlie, who's an alcoholic, and then Samir is like, I think he's Persian. So it's yeah. like at the time, like Persians weren't really accepted, like. Uh, and then you have Chief Nappy, you know, which I really liked the depiction of Chief Nappy because when I looked at the backstory of like this film, the actor who played Chief Nappy, he was trying to depict the character without doing like the stereotypical of like a Native American. And yeah. he, he, did state that Patty actually allowed him to kind of do his own interpretation of like a Native American. So I really liked that. That's awesome. Yeah. And he is, um, he is one, he is from uh, one of the tribes in, I think, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I think that, I think he did a good job. I, um, he wasn't, he didn't do anything that would that I would consider to be offensive. No, um, no. I mean, I think like he did a good job and I really like that each person was able to bring something into the onto the table for the team that even with like Chief, like he was able to do like his, like the smoke signals to let Diana know that, oh, uh, Ludendorff is here or like, you know, remember yeah. like when she was trying yeah. to figure out where to go? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I think, uh, I thought that was great. I'm glad that she allowed him to have the flexibility to represent his people correctly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, loving yeah. that. So um, that's it. Do you have any other, um, like, last minute comments about the film? Yeah, um, I guess uh, I think that, because I've seen the sequel, um, and Jeanette hasn't. Um, I think that this film was, in my opinion, unprecedented. And uh, I think that it was, it was great. I was really nervous that, cause you know, when it comes to like 
you know, Marvel fans, DC fans, Star Wars fans, all the fans, they can be a little sexist. And so I'm really happy that they embraced Wonder Woman for what it was. And like, and it was like the biggest movie of that year. Um, it was huge. And yeah, um, I think it was like in the one of the top spots of the box office of that yeah. year. So, yeah. So like, I'm just glad that they they did it right they allowed a woman to sort of helm it and they didn't you know i'm sure all the controversy about how wonder woman was supposed to look came from dudes mostly um and so i'm just glad that they allowed them to pull it off and i think it was worth it and now like i mean it's it's become like its own entity like screw all the other dc films we all know they suck but like wonder woman's like that film (laughs) you know yeah like i would say like like in terms of like success, like I think Wonder Woman is the only DC film, like before um, Christopher Nolan's like films. Like I yeah. think after Christopher Nolan and like the other Batman films came about and the Justice League and Aquaman, like they haven't like lived up to um, this film like yeah. at all. Not at all. And I mean, that's why, like, they're already, I heard it's what is it, the day after, the two days after the, the second one came out, and they're already talking about uh, locking in the third already. So, oh, I mean, yeah. they've definitely got a formula and they're they're doing a good job with it. So I feel like uh, I appreciate what this was and, um, and I'm looking forward to all future Patty Jenkins films in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should also watch um, The Killing because she also directed a couple of episodes of um, that season. I think it was the first season. For sure. It's on my, it's in my everlasting queue. So, uh, so, but I will, it's definitely on the list. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I really like this film. I feel it was a good, like, superhero film where it's not like screaming, like, oh, like, like look how cool like wonder woman is like it wasn't obvious if that right. makes sense yeah uh like the way captain marvel was uh, yeah, um but again i think like in terms of captain marvel it might have been directed towards like a younger audience and like since it was it's owned by disney <laughs> sorry i keep like coming back to it but I feel like you keep like subtly dissing Captain Marvel because <laughs> you're like. I mean, I still like Captain Marvel. Great. It was aimed towards toddlers, <laughs> and toddlers are trash. <laughs> Go ahead, toddlers are trash. <laughs> but I really like that. Um, after, like, what twenty years of like development hell like they decided to oh we should allow a woman to direct a superhero film particularly a superhero film that's focused on a female superhero yeah Um, thank you so much for allowing us to direct our own movie (laughs) i know it only took us what like 200 years to get this done (laughs) so kind of you thank you warner brothers But yeah, I, I think it's a good film. Like, I haven't seen the second one. But no. based on the trailer, like, and based on, like, the fact that they're bringing in Cheetah, like, the villain. Mm-hmm. And isn't there another villain? 
and I'm not giving anything away. Okay. I don't like to spoil stuff for people. Like even even when people are like, uh, I really liked it. Uh, I don't even like doing that because then people go into it thinking it's going to be good and then it's bad or, or you know, vice versa. Like I hate it when people are like, it sucks. <laughs> and then you go in there thinking it sucks and you can't watch the movie without, you know, all the distractions of the commentary. So oh, yeah. it was definitely a movie and there were definitely people in it. And I think Wonder Woman's in it too, but you'll have to watch <laughs> that to figure it out. <laughs> no, I... I mean, I am looking forward to it. Like, I don't know. I just like, cause like for me, like I don't really like watching films that just come out. You know, I like to wait for a bit until like the hype is down yeah. and then I watch it. Yeah, I'll try to watch it. Cause like, well, I still need to watch um, Elisa's recommendation of the, that Hulu Christmas film with Eugene Levy. Oh wait, Dan Levy. Oh, um, happy s- holidays. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like that. holiday season or something like that. The know. happiest season, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, well, she recommends stuff like that to everybody. But what I was going to say was, um, one thing I will tell you about Wonder Woman 2 is that it was definitely directed by Patty Jenkins. Oh, because it, it says it like... <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it was set in 1984. Yes. So, uh, so now you know. Well, that. I could, I, I kind of figured because of not only because of the name, but also because of like the color scheme that they had going on. I think yeah. that I, for me, I think that ever since Guardians of the Galaxy came out, yeah, you had this huge like kind of like film series of like just a bunch of random like oh let's bring back like 1970s music and yep. 1980s like niche stuff yeah i think uh stranger things helped with that a lot too i think people just really like doing 80s stuff it's because all the filmmakers grew up in the 80s right now so they're all nostalgic for that time period That's oh yeah yeah I mean, oh, uh, I won't be nostalgic for the 2000s. That was like a really bad decade for us. <laughs> Just like in terms of like clothing and like decor, it's boring. Yeah, well, my, my nostalgia, I'm a little bit older than you, so my nostalgia is for the 90s. And I'm sure there's a 90s movie Well, I mean, like I was born in like 93. So it's like, but it's like yeah, in so. terms of like teenage years. Right. Yeah. I mean, for childhood years, it's like, yeah, like living single. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I don't know what your copyright is, so I'm going to stop saying it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, cool. I found out that uh, living single was created, like, I think, like, less than a year before Friends came out. Yep. Like, you know they stole that you know they stole that yep <laughs> well anyways that's the end of the podcast if you want to follow us on instagram you can follow the podcast at j a n d m underscore podcast you can also email us at <laughs> You can also email us at j and m podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, and Zinga, do you have, do you want to promote um, anything? Uh, sure. Uh, you guys can catch my web series, Virtual Reality, on Instagram uh, or on, uh, what is it? The YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> um, you can follow us at, at virtual underscore reality. Um, you can follow me at zingabinga09. Represent. Don't email me. Uh, you can, what else can you do? Even though I haven't updated in a while, you can go to my website, queenthecritic.com. We, uh, we uh, critique new television that's come out. So, oh, is it like a podcast or is it just the website? A... It's like we, we critique like new television that comes and out. What do you mean we? Like We, the, the, the grand we is, is me uh i critique <laughs> okay i critique television that comes out um but mostly just follow me on instagram at zingabinga09 cool yeah awesome well thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for those who've lasted this long thank you uh hope you come back next week uh for another episode that's it bye Get out, Bye. Get out of here. <laughs> Do we play you out? Do 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 do. Oh, you can't use Doug. Do 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 do. JNN podcast. Woo! There you go. <laughs>